You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined as I always am by my bosom buddy, Bubby Castron. Hey, Bob. Oh, yeah. Happy 2019, Dan. Uh, yeah, a lot of genuine excitement right there. How about that? Wait, did you say happy 2019? Yeah, like happy we did in it. December? Yeah. It's like happy. I thought you only said it at the beginning of the year. And I say it at the end. It's like it's like <laughs> Spanish punctuation. You do it at the beginning and the end. Whoa. You yep. turn it upside down, you get a little funky in the front. Boom. Uh yes. This is the celebration of 2019. Wow, Bob. Uh, the end of another year. Another year's in the books. Man, we are closer <laughs> to death than ever. Uh, I, I can't believe that, Bob. I cannot believe that we are exiting our 30s. Uh, we were born, both of us, in 1980. So we're, this end of decade stuff is perfect for us. It works out really well. I, yeah. I kind of, I'm sad I didn't give my kids that gift of being born at the beginning of a decade. Right, right it's there. so easy. It's like, oh. 1990, I'm 10. 2000, I'm 20. Like, it just keeps keeps it nice and even. And the man can't even put us in... They can't put us anywhere. We're not millennials, but we're not Gen Xers. Uh They can't put us in a box. You can't put a 1980 baby in a box. We're at the point where for, you know, the first 30 years of my life, 35, it was like, no, I'm I'm not a millennial. I'm Gen X. And then once you hit, like, this point, you're like, am I a millennial? I'm a millennial. I'm young. Yeah, 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 it happened. And, you know... This is the last, this is one of the last shows we'll do before you turn 40, Bob. And, uh, you know, there's something, there's questions that need to be asked that should two 40 something whites be doing any type of music podcast. Should they even be alive? Those, honestly. <laughs> those are questions that need <laughs> to be asked. Uh, but while we're still here, we're both in our 30s. Uh, we can be talking about popular music. I don't think we should do the same exercise next December because who wants to hear? From us at that point, but right now we're still in our thirties. There, there's a certain level of uh, virility to us still, <laughs> um, so I feel comfortable doing this now, not next year. Yep, our D still works. So let's keep this thing going. <laughs> is that where you were getting at? Basically, more okay. or less. So yes, this is what we did this last year. It's our Back to the Future episode. So on this on this uh, grand podcast of ours, we always look backwards. Uh, this is the uh, episode one time every year where we. Talk about the music that came out this year uh, that we feel like we'll be talking about 20 years from now. When we're still doing this podcast and you're still renting a garage somewhere. Oh, my God. We will be talking about. I'll be hanging from a rope in that garage if this is happening 20 years from now. <laughs> I better um, own my garage. 2019, we'll be talking about these songs. That's, that's, the, that's the exercise here. So this is fun, Bob. It's a different type of app and... Uh, you know, we supersize it a little bit here. Last year, I think we did five or six songs each, maybe seven. But that just feels like you're no man's land. Like, right. who does a top seven what of the year? What is a top six list? Right. So what we're doing is just uh, our 10 favorite songs of 2019. We'll trade off. Uh, and maybe we'll have some overlap. I imagine we will. I think we had one or two overlaps last year. Uh, maybe we'll do that again. I. But it is interesting in, uh, to me as we as we wrap uh, and I want to save some of this for when we talk about our uh, another podcast we're doing where we talk about the end of the decade and our best of the tens podcast. But this does feel as I was going through the music, 
I've never had a, a bigger disconnect, and it's going more and more by the year of kind of like indie music. Mm-hmm. If I was looking, because you know, for you know, reference point to make sure I didn't miss a song, I would go through some of these yeah. uh, end of year lists, and I just feel disconnected in a way that I guess happens once you get into your late 30s and you have kids and a job and all that stuff. But that didn't stop me from from finding music, and I do feel like I have 10 songs that really do, rem- when I think about 2019, I'll always think about these songs. Well, and I I don't know. I know a part of it is us getting old and out of touch and whatever, but I think another part of it is just the world and the way people consume music now because I put a question up on Twitter, at uh, throwbackpod, Asking people, telling people we were doing this episode and what were the best songs. And it kind of blew my mind that there was no consensus. It was really bands I never heard of, songs I never heard of, and very few were overlapping. The monoculture is dead. It's completely dead. And even within our little subsect of the world, the people that listen to this podcast and like the same kind of music in general that we like, there was no sort of obvious here are the 10 best songs like it was kind of all over the place because we're all finding music in different ways now i'm with you i hear you buddy and you nailed that boom nice killed it so before we get into it though we uh, i just want to end 2019 the same way we began it upside down spanish exclamation mark going (laughs) cartwheel 69 throughout west los angeles (laughs) turning to right side up and thanking our patreones who make this podcast, who kept this alive for another year, improbably kept this podcast alive throughout 2019. It's remarkable. Patreon.com slash throwback pod. We seriously appreciate everybody. Puts in $2 a month, $6 a month, $12 a month, $80 a month. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Bruno, the sponsor, Courtney Wyatt, your beautiful kids, and everybody who's out there. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you. We have fun doing this, and you and you make it possible. So, um, let's do it, Bob. Let's dig in. Cause we got a lot to get to. Oh no. I have to tell you a dream I had first because <laughs> yeah. I think this is notable. Okay. Cause it happened last night. Okay. Um, so I'm prone at times to night terrors. Oh uh, my God. I don't even know if we've ever talked about your fucking, <laughs> your insane <laughs> night terrors that you go through, but we'll say, I it. mean, it's not, I mean, it's not like I've been clinically studied, but I have nightmares the time, you know, from time to time. You're a very active sleeper. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, And I fell asleep on my couch in my living room last night. And I fell into a dream where you and I were in a car. And it was late. It was at night. And it wasn't... um, We were on an L.A. freeway. And it was one of those freeways in California where there's just like 47 lanes. And then there's... Uh, an exit to take you to one freeway and then another exit to take you to another freeway mm-hmm. and then stay straight to go on another freeway. You know, one of those things. Yeah. Real artery, Bob. One of those real artery I got it, I got freeways. It. Yeah, yeah. And we're going down and it's so dark. It's such a dark night. I'm driving and um, as we're heading down, it's decision time at this artery. And you say to me, I think you said 110. You said we were getting on the 110, right? And I was like, yes. And then I in this uh, night terror, kind of lost my bearings and we were going very fast because there was no traffic and it was like, and then the sound of us going underwater. Whoa. And that was it? I shot up from the couch. Oh my God. It was like, you're getting off at the 110, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a... 
wake up. Sounds like a peaceful way to go. I mean, no, there's I like mean, that- drowning or being killed upon impact about hitting some type of body of water. No, just kind of like coming to peace as you're kind of going lower and lower. Like, this is it. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Like that moment. Yeah. So I don't know what that means, Bob. I'm sure there's um, some type of dream book that can give us some type of insight. But uh, it, it wasn't pleasant. I can tell you that. It means you probably woke up hitting your wife at some point. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Um, all right. Let's get into it, Bob. I'll, I'll kick things off, Bob. Because Please do. I, I feel like I need some peace in my life. Just revisiting that dream upsets me. So um, why don't we start with the most peaceful guitar riff I've ever heard. Mm. This is Harmony Hall by Vampire Weekend. Um, I don't want to die. So good. Uh, I gave a lot of thought, Bob, when we were picking, um, because we'll go through this as the uh, episode goes on, some of our best of of the years, uh, best album of the year. Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend was way up there and almost took uh, took the title. And I, it didn't, but... I love the whole album, and I think this song in particular is everything that um, was everything that this band was building toward. I think this is their greatest song, and I feel like it's, it was almost underappreciated. What a what a perfect song it is! I agree. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful song. Me too. This is. I mean, I've liked Vampire Weekend a lot in the past twelve, fifteen years, whatever it's been. But this album, for me at least, took them to the next level. Like it there was did. just even though like it's not a perfect album, it's long. It's like thirty nine tracks, right? Something like that. <laughs> it's a lot of tracks, but it's not a very long album. It's a lot of songs that are about two and a half, three minutes. Right. But it it is a lot to ingest, especially in two thousand nineteen. Right. But I kind of like that because it again, there's not a lot of people that listen to albums, and this Father of the Bride feels like it's a an album there's there's a journey that you go on there's a journey and it felt like they were just like here's everything we've done like we because they've taken a little hiatus and it was great it was great to be hit with all those songs i don't know if it's again album of the year but that song i think is my favorite song on the album so great pick great start it got us kicked off no longer are we submerged underwater and who knows if we even survived you know the 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 hitting the water does one Mm -hmm. of us get out of the car is it a succession thing or one guy escapes and Mm -hmm. the other guy sinks to the bottom of the uh am i the sea i don't know am i the the waiter who gives you blow (laughs) is that (laughs) one of us is the waiter right i mean that's that's uh that's all i can say the other is our friend who looks like howie right right (laughs) The other one is Howie <laughs> himself. 
Uh, all right, Bob. So that is uh, my first pick. Your uh, again, we are going through our favorite songs of 2019. Throw back to the future. Yes. Uh, hit me with a bomb. I'm just going to hit you with maybe my favorite song of the year. Okay. Maybe. Start strong. I like it. like this this is a band called sports team which i discovered thanks to the throwback podcast subreddit whoa yes a little uh, plug there and i like yes it. there was a thread about new music and uh forgive me for not remembering the uh reddit user's name dick dick move but they posted the song and i loved it and i got i dove deep into sports team they put out an ep this year called making hay which honestly is the five five of my favorite songs of the year. Oh, wow, like, I gotta check this album out. Such a good EP, and they, they have this sound, which to me it's like parquet courts meets Blur. Like that's what mm. they remind me of. Okay, I like that. The the front man like thinks he's Mick Jagger and is kind of like out there and weird, and there's like seven, uh, a Howlin' Pete Omquest. Type. Yes, yes, yeah. and uh, fuck, I just love their energy and I love their sound and I love this song. Good choice. I've never heard this, but I like it. How about the subreddit? How about the up subreddit stepping up? Where are these yeah. guys from? They're uh, they're an English band, a British band. Brits. And they were here Love in our Brits. They were here in L.A. and I missed them because I had to go to the airport to pick somebody up that night. So I'm bummed. They were playing like a little club, and who knows? They could be one of those bands that comes back in a year and they're playing the Troubadour or someplace a little bigger. And uh, we'll see. But great EP. Fuck, I love that song. Thank you to the subreddit. There you go. Subreddit stepping up huge. All right. Uh, let's keep moving. Next up, I one of the big uh, takeaways for me, not just from this year, but from the decade, is I didn't find myself connecting with a lot of uh, indie rock uh, as the year went, as the uh, decade went along. Uh, but I kept on like bumping into great music. Uh, and a similar thing happened last year. Great music fronted by women, and mm. it's popping up repeatedly. And it happened again this year. Uh, this is a band that wasn't always like a band that I connected with or thought that highly of, even though they've been around a couple years. But then they started releasing some songs this year that um, that really changed the way I felt about them, including this great, great Lou Reed-inspired song, mm. Summer Girl, uh, by Haim. Heim. Not Haim? No, they're Heim. 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 LA on my mind, I can't breathe. There when I close my eyes, so hard to reach. Your smile's turning into crying, it's the same release. And you always know. And you always know that I'm your son, girl. 
And if it does, I mentioned Lou Reed, but if you're not familiar with Lou Reed, it that song sounds a lot like this song. Right down to the do 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 Take a Walk on the Wild Side, one of the most New York songs ever to me. Summer Girl, I think, is the perfect L.A. version of that song. Mm, yes, I like that. And Summer Girl was also on my list of the top ten songs of the year. Oh, good. I like that. So that keeps yeah. us, you know, maybe, you know, takes down the runtime of the pot a little bit, but also <laughs> connects no, our, see, our I like playlist. to think that that means I get to bump up another song and I kind of played you. Could you and do I'm that really too? Well, yeah. well, we have to decide that right now. Yeah. No, ten songs each. Okay. So I might play another one of yours. Look but at you. I love Haim. In fact, when we not to not to spoil it, but when we get to our best of the decade, mm-hmm. they're gonna be they're gonna be back. They're represented. Gonna, they're gonna be represented again. And maybe it's the uh, the the half Jewish part of me that um, they just kind of feel like I'm related to them in a weird way. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, like like Danielle the the singer who appeared in the Vampire Weekend uh, album. Kind of reminds me of like a girl you would like your like your cousin. It's kind of mm. like cool, and like Esty, the weird bass player, is like that weird like musical cousin who knows like every word and to rent or something. I feel like you spent about half your twenties pursuing a Jewish girl's name, Danielle. No, my twenties was all girls with M names. It was all I went through like I dated like seven girls in a row whose names began with the letter M. Interesting. Yeah, all it was right. a weird time. Uh, let's listen to this part uh, real quick. Around the corner at you from over my shoulder, I need you. I need you. Mm, Love when that drum comes back in. These are the earthquake drills that we ran. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right, we're off to a good start here, Bob. And if you hear the little feedback, it's because we have to pass our little thing back and forth every time. Aux cord. A little aux cord. Aux cord that was, I believe, a purchase for us by one of our listeners, by Eric Dalloway himself. Oh, Eric. Yeah. Our Instagram influencer. Yeah, Instagram at throwback. Does he listen to the show? Or is Every he just episode. Us? Every episode. For real? For real. Hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. He's a good man. An educator is what he is. All right. Next up, I'm going to go with a song from a band that if you would have told me at the start of 2019 that they would end up on my year-end playlist, mm. I would have told you to fucking kill yourself. <laughs> Holy shit. I would have told you to get the fuck away from me, oh you God. fucking weird prophet. Right. Yeah, whoa. Rain in it, Bob. I don't like prophets. Apparently not. It's poison? <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, the 2000s version of poison. Not at all. It's Gimme World. Whoa! Get found in unlikely places. A little presumption's all you need to end up empty. Who really says they hope they'll meet the one for the first time at a bar drinking early? Easy enough to say, man, I'm done. These guys always knew how to write a hook. Here we are 20 years later, and this is like the middle part two. Like it's 
so catchy and so good. I mean, it's not that level. It's not far off, honestly. It's a really good song. All right. And it's a great album. One of the biggest surprises, I think, of the uh, year. Our buddy Brian, uh, who's going to be very angry to hear that little poison dig, but I wasn't aware that it was Jimmy World when I made the dig. It's okay. I'm thrilled um, with that. He, he spoke very highly of this album as a real, uh, really representative of their best work. It's a contender. It has a lot of little, perfect little pop songs like this. Yeah, they've always been good at that. They, it's very hooky, accessible, and just, just good rock music. Yeah, listen to this. Like it. Love that Jimmy Eat World. How about that? Do they go by Jew? Do, do people call them Jew? No, no, they don't. Oh. No, that's 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 hateful. <laughs> Is it? All right, so they don't. Okay, they go by Jimmy Eat World. That's what they're called. All right, here we go, Bob. Uh, we're so far. I think we're doing great. By the way, yeah. I'm enjoying t- 2019 so far. Right? How about More that? than I've actually enjoyed it in reality. <laughs> this is the only way to enjoy it, <laughs> listening to like 20 songs in a garage. Here's a song that um, I don't know anything about the artist. I don't know anything about how long they've been around or if they'll be around a year from now. But I heard it on the radio and the um, I just love the hookiness of the lyrics. I think it was just kind of a, a clever, cleverly written song. Uh, with a good hook to it. Uh, So I threw it on this list. The song is called 16 um, by the artist Highly Suspect. I know nothing about this. Yes, here it is. It took me 16 years to find you One second to love you Seven years to hold you One minute to lose you Oh God Where did I go wrong? Oh, God. Do you remember all of the nasty shit you used to do with me? Cause I remember everything and do you remember? But that puppy love is over We're so much older Nothing's ever gonna feel the same way that it did when we were younger I wish that I could hold you Baby, I know it's over What do you think, Bob? I feel like this is one that you maybe wouldn't be into. I kind of it's it's interesting. It's uh, I just lo- I love the the backing choir and it, part of it is it cheesy maybe a little bit, but I just love that. That's chorus. the thing. It's almost cheesy, but it's not. It's like a it's like almost like a hosier, but not. Yes, and you know what? The reason I hesitated putting it on this list is because for those reasons, not that I hate hosier, but. That's not necessarily a good comparison. Uh, uh, I almost didn't put it on, but I just, I think I just love that chorus and I love the whole idea of waiting 
a long time to meet someone and how quickly it can happen mm-hmm. and then it can end like that. I just like that lyric a lot. Yeah. So, highly suspect. I have no idea if this song's popular. No. I heard it once I, on the radio. I've never heard it. I shazammed it. <laughs> it went into my library, and I've really enjoyed it uh, this year. That's how music happens in 2019. All right. There we go. 16 by highly suspect. I don't know where you guys are from. I don't know <laughs> I anything about, about you. you. I don't know if that's even a real song. It, you know what? I, I hate to. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to tell you like this. But um, that's my dad band. Oh, shit. Yep. So thank you for uh, supporting that us. That would be so awesome if you were the band Highly Suspect. <laughs> like, talk about, like, dunking in my face. That would be incredible. I, I am Highly Suspect. <laughs> <laughs> what a band name. Thank you. All right, Bob. Uh, we are moving right along. We're flying. Let's go. How about this? Before we get into the next song. Okay. What is your uh, favorite, oh, yes. favorite movie of 2019. It's funny you should ask that. Is it? I'm going to need the aux cord back. Oh, no, then no. I put the aux cord in. Then we'll just ask that later. <laughs> okay. That's Go way ahead. too much work. It, you literally just can hand it to no, me. No, no, right it's now. too hard. Um, really smooth work there, Bob. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to need fucking props. Who knew? Um, so a few. Look at that. Look at, listen to Bob. He's all flustered now. A few episodes <laughs> ago, uh, you're. Coworker Mark Sessler was here. Mark Anthony Sessler, yes. And we talked a lot about music from the 80s and 90s. Yes. And at some point we were talking about Richard Marx and we asked the question, who is writing these songs today? Who is writing mm. the Richard Marx kind of songs that young people can relate to and kind of attach to the lyrics? And uh, I think this is the answer. Oh, okay. One of the best, my favorite songs of 2019. Nice build up. Oh, yeah, Bob. I knew you would like this. <laughs> this is on my list. We can leave the Christmas lights up till January. This is our place. We made the rules. And there's a dazzling mysterious way about you, dear Have I known you 20 seconds or 20 years Can I Great, great song. Such a good song. Uh, she did SNL earlier this year, and her just her at a piano playing the song I thought was amazing. She nailed it. She did the uh, NPR Tiny Desk series as well. And as much as it's Taylor Swift and it's pop music, there's a reason the world loves her. And songs like this are just incredible. Like it does remind me of those kind of like sparse, beautiful songs from the 80s and 90s where it's just a person just kind of putting it all out there. And yes. uh, Lover's a great song. Now, the way you set it up, those Richard Marx songs to me are, you know, great ear candy, but they're schlocky. I think she is such a great songwriter. I think she's a legit 
artist in a way that Richard, Richard Marx is. But Richard Marx is schlocky in 2019. He wasn't at the time. Everybody was buying into it. Well, I don't know. People were buying well, into it. It's maybe what we're not the people to know that, but I don't know if people what, saw him as like a real artiste back then either. He was a pop star and she's a pop star. I'm just saying that this is the music that's pop music. Mm, that's This is a great part. One one minor gripe though, uh, brought up by uh, my wife Heather, um, we could leave the January. lights up till January. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. Make it February. January. Who doesn't leave the lights up till January? That's fair. If you really want to make it's a, a point gripe. about how weird you guys are, fucking push it till February. It's a fair gripe. I won't get on you. I also people that uh, people that point out uh, that it sound the song sounds too much like uh, "Fade Into You" by Mazzy Star. I don't think it sounds too much like it. It's definitely inspired by it. Like you could hear it when you listen to the two. Right. Some people. Uh, the, the thing with Taylor Swift is that she's such a um, huge target. Oh yeah, she's she so do, she famous. Can't do, she can't do anything right. That anything is going right. to be scrutinized. So, like, if Haim puts out um, a song that sounds like a Lou Reed song, it's viewed as you know a nice nod, an homage, an or, homage, or nobody cares. Uh, when Tyler Swift does it, she's viewed as evil. Right. It ain't right. All right. Let's uh, now circling back, Bob. Yes. Are you comfortable with this? Let me let me tee you off. Hey, Dan, <laughs> let's talk about movies. What was your favorite movie of 2019? It's a fucking no brainer, Bob. It's in the uh, running for my favorite film of the entire decade. To my right is Bounty Law series lead and Jake Cahill himself, Rick Dalton. And to my left is Rick Stutt double Cliff Booth. audience exactly what it is a stunt double does actors are required to do a, a lot of dangerous stuff <laughs> cliff here is meant to help carry the load is that uh, how you describe your job cliff what carrying his load yeah it's about right <laughs> <laughs> once upon a t- uh, once upon a time in hollywood the ninth film from quentin tarantino and uh i saw it twice in the theaters Bob. that's how much i love this movie and uh, did you see this? It's also my favorite movie of the year. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it will be. How, <laughs> Bob? Come on now. I am. Uh, what kind of statement is that? I was away. I was shooting when the movie came out, so I kind of missed it for those first couple of weekends. So then I strategically, and we'll see if it pays off, this time of year, I'm in a couple of guilds. They have the screenings where the directors come out and like One of those do, a, do a Q&A. So I'm just waiting for that email that Tarantino's doing. A once upon a time in Hollywood Q and A. That's will that be a tough one to get into though? No, you just have to be on it. You got to be there oh, quick. Oh really? But I got the screener in the mail yesterday, so I am going to watch it regardless. Obviously, but I would like to see it on a big screen with oh. Tarantino. <laughs> your knuckle okay? You nope. Broke that table. Broke my hand. <laughs> uh, that would be incredible if you got that opportunity. Well, but it's such a it's a it's it was such a fun movie and a great 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 L A movie. In fact, we went to what is that restaurant, Bob? Musso and Franks. Musso and Franks, which is a, plays a big role uh, in that movie. Uh, and if you live in L.A., you'll absolutely love to see what Los Angeles was like in 1969 because Tarantino, uh, you know, he really went for it. All right. What about you? I, I've barely seen any movies this year. <laughs> uh, Sex Tuplets starring Marlon Wayans. Oh, no, Bob. It was really funny. Bob, stop. 
<laughs> you're incriminating yourself. <laughs> You've worked with Marlon Wayans. That's why I you're trying to maintain a relationship I, with him. Uh, yeah, I don't but that guy's been making dog shit movies. Oh, come on. his entire career. He is by far Marlin, since you brought it up. Marlon listens to every episode. The least funny Wayans brother, and that's a bad no, sign. Just because, because there's only like two of them that are funny. Just because Marlon attacked you on Twitter once does not mean. <laughs> He is the least funny. I, I had about, this tells you how small a man Marlon Wayans is. Great man. Great guy. Uh, I <laughs> At this point in my uh, career, I probably had about 800 to 1,200 Twitter followers. And I made a tweet. I, I took a photo. I believe I was at the Grove of his new movie at the time, Haunted House, or whatever the fuck that pile of pig shit was. <laughs> how dare you? And uh, made some type of snarky remark. And then he replied What's your email so I could send you a picture of my dick or something? <laughs> Classic Marlin. <laughs> that guy's a piece of shit. I like, All right. I like him more than you. Here we go. I sense it. All right. Here we go, Bob. Uh, I will choose the next song. Oh, this is tough. No, it's not. It's a time, Bob, where um, we had some good comedy albums, Bob. We had Adam Sandler. We did. We did a really nice job. But the one that really connected... Uh, was the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience, <laughs> uh, the Lonely Island project oh, wow. that no one fucking even plugged in on. And why would you? It dropped in the middle of the night, uh, Lemonade style on Netflix. <laughs> uh, it was a 30-minute production about the 1989 A's, Oakland Athletics stars, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. It was completely inaccessible uh, but for like 49,000 people, and we were in that group. <laughs> we were. And we loved it. And it's great. A bunch of, as always with the Lonely Island guys, really uh, it sounds really good, the hip-hop music in it. And it's very uh, Beastie Boys Indebted. And the one that really jumped out to me uh, as just like a fun song to listen to in addition to being funny was Uniform On. She said she want to fuck me with my uniform on. She grabbed me by the bat. Now it's going, going gone. I never finished sex because I'm so juiced. Out. But she nutted three times and we bashed in a bounce. I reside in Black Hawk in a big You want to just stop this podcast and watch this? I kind of do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen this, and you probably haven't, uh, it's worth it's worth getting really drunk or high and watching this. I mean, that's the best endorsement I can give. It. We're being totally sober. No, you gotta. Uh, it's it's perfect. It's really it's, funny. Now, but I've never seen it. I don't know if you're like if your wife or my wife or anybody's wife would be into it (laughs) again. It's a very limited narrow, but I think that narrow field might connect with a lot of throwback podcast listeners, at least on the state side. Well, fuck, if I would have known we could have done funny songs because you of all people who hates comedy, (laughs) you hate laughing and music. Yeah, they shouldn't be combined typically, (laughs) But but. Lonely Island, they, their great talent is that they can make, um, create like funny sketches, right? And the music itself is good. Like that's very hard to do. Like even Weird Al, you know, God love him. 
he's not really creating anything original. He's just aping yes, popular he, uh, songs. Yes, he did. He did a whole tour where he only played originals. Oh, can you imagine being I at that show? I would have loved to have been there. Because everyone's like just holding their breath. It's like, oh man, I'm really in too deep here. I thought this is going to be no, he a tour. It... I didn't pay attention when I bought the ticket. No, well, yeah, maybe, maybe in the encore, he's going to nope. come out and do some fat-related material. Uh, but it never happened. Can nah. you imagine, everybody? So he just did a bunch of polka songs. No, he does regular songs imagine? too. I can imagine because I've owned I own many of his albums. Were you so at would, the tour, Bob? Did I would get tickets to the tour. Did you go? No, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, fuck. If we're counting comedy songs, the song I'm, I'm not going to pull it up or anything that I've listened to more than any other song this year, also from Netflix, from one of my favorite shows of the year. I think you should leave. All right. Which is, if you haven't seen, if you think you, I think you should leave. The funniest fucking sketch comedy in years. Um, Bones are their money. <laughs> yes, that was very good. Whatever the whatever you want to call that on your song, list, Bob. Missed the opportunity. Is I've watched that sketch so many times this year. It makes me laugh every time. Tim Robinson is a genius. Just go. Watch it. It's the best. <laughs> uh, all right, Bob. You are up. I'm up. Let's get back Did to Did you music. ever say a movie that was your favorite movie of the year? Sex Toplets. <laughs> you know, Bob, you are someone that's, you're a comedy writer. You're a director of a film, uh, Flock of Dudes, which is available on Hulu. As your your star finally pointed out on Twitter. <laughs> you give me a hard time. You know, Chris D'Elia, he got, he got it out there. And, and it turns out, Bob, in the replies to his tweet that he sent out this week. It was cool. People were people. You have an audience for that film. There you go. I can't wait till you know six years from now. Enough people have seen it, and uh, I'm retired from the business, and I just own like a like a bait shop somewhere. But do you think maybe you should watch some more movies as a director, as an auteur? I watch movies. <laughs> so what was your favorite? Sex Tufflets. Oh All right, next song. <laughs> You're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> he plays all the characters, Dan. Oh, he is—he is the biggest piece of shit in Hollywood. I—I can't—I can't stress that enough, Bob. My next song is—I'm uh, just going to start playing it because Haunted I love House. this song so much. So this song—it's called uh, "This Is Room 13" by the artist Jesse Mallon, and you just got to give it a listen. <laughs> Freaking me out. Shadows on my wall, and voices in the hall. I'm making up my own scene, hanging out in room 13. I pull down the blackout shade and watch the TV start to fade. Dead bolt on the lock. And I unplugged the digital clock Well, I spent some time in a hotel room Thinking about love And I walked away like those others do Oh, and it's not enough The walls are paper thin So, like it. Jesse Mallon is an artist who I've been plugged into since the early 2000s he's one of these lower east side east village guys who uh puts out an album every couple of years and they're never that great this album is great Mm. and for the first time uh plugging back into him 
Uh, Lucinda Williams produced it. She's singing back. Really, singing back up on this song. It is a great album. Billy Joe Armstrong is uh, does a track with them. It's so good from beginning to end. It's one of my favorite albums of the year. And this song, Room Thirteen, scratches that um, Ryan Adams itch. Now that Ryan Adams is dead, he's he's been canceled. It's well, he's dead. He's he died this year. It's so sad. But fuck, this. Some is, would say it's not sad. This is, uh, from a musical standpoint, <laughs> some would say it's definitely not sad. Yes. From a musical standpoint, this kind of is filling that hole. And uh, yeah, I just love this. Uh, yes, I definitely can hear that. And that was, you know, it's funny. You bring up uh, Ryan Adams and I was listening to music on Shuffle recently. And one of his songs popped up and I was quite enjoying it. And then I kind of, oh, this is Ryan Adams. Right. And, and that sucks. Uh, and he brought it on himself and right. it is what it is. Uh, but it is good to know that there are other people that kind of traffic in this type of like relaxed country, countrified alternative rock mm-hmm. because it's always like a good listen. And he's a cool New York dude. He actually owns a bar that we used to hang out in all the time. Do you want to take a Niagara. guess? Niagara. Niagara. Yes. yes he is I the owner that. of Niagara. And uh, that year that uh, I did my birthday there and Pete Yorn showed up randomly. Yes. It was to hang out with Casey Mellon. Stop. I what is going on with you hitting the table with your knuckle, I'm Bob? standing up, so everything's different. Uh, that's a good one, Bob. I liked it. Good work. Thank you. I feel like we're really, we're we're really, really doing well right it. now. And we're going to do this like last year, Bob. Well, this will be kind of a separate playlist. Is that how we did it last year? I think we did, yeah. Something like that. Maybe next year we get another aux cord. I don't know if that exists. I think it's impossible <laughs> to do that. Uh, Bob, what was your uh, favorite show of 2019? Uh, favorite comedy, I think you should leave. Favorite show, uh, Patriot on Amazon. I mentioned it. You love years. Patriot. It's one of those shows that there's nothing cool about liking it because nobody saw it. It's not like, oh, I want to be edgy because I like Patriot. It's just one of the most interesting shows I've ever seen. And I watched both seasons and then went back and I watched it all again. Like it's oh, one of those shows. It just has such an amazing feel to it. And it's shot artistically and it's funny, but it has all the beats of a drama. And uh, the lead, the acting is amazing. And the lead actor is so interesting. And I couldn't recommend it more. It's been canceled. It's two seasons. And oh, done. really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It's two seasons and done. So it kind of feels like one of these limited series. Like the whole story is told. But I recommend it to anybody. Like it's such a good watch. All right. And I will uh, throw out succession. That's not obviously um, breaking news to anyone. If you're into prestige television, there was like this. My favorite show probably ever was Mad Men, a show that I probably watched every episode and watched the whole show through like three or four times. And uh, we were kind of spoiled because there was an overlap of great prestige TV series uh, at least from shows I enjoyed that started with Sopranos and it kind of went all the way through to Mad Men where there was always one or two series that you could just Breaking Bad was in there, of course, Six mm-hmm. Feet Under, mm-hmm. um, all those type of shows. And then I felt like we had a bit of a lull um, um, for, you know, 2016, 17. I know you love the Americans, but I, I never yes. really got into that. But some people will say that filled the void there. Uh, but Succession to me is that prestige drama that I cannot wait until Sunday to watch it and it's going to suck because now the season ended a couple months ago. We got to wait another whole year. It passes that test. Like I cannot wait until Sunday night. I'm with you. That was the 
show that my wife and I would be excited about every single week. It's so good. Every character on there is interesting in their own way. And it's one of those shows where whoever's on screen, you're excited about. Yeah. And it is, it was kind of surreal. Um, now that we're in the Christmas season and my, my boys are into home alone, Kieran Culkin, who plays, who plays, you know, the son, uh, who is just a little shit. Uh, he's a great character. He is so good in that, that he's almost penalized for being such a good actor that you just kind of think he's not acting. Right, right. Um, he he he's the kid in Home Alone that drinks the Pepsi and pees the bed. Right. This is crazy. <laughs> he's come a long way. <laughs> uh, Bob, you brought up Pete Yorn. I wanted to give him some love because, yes. first of all, we're going to see him in concert um, in a week, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but I want to give Pete Yorn love because um, he is completely off the radar in terms of uh, – music that's quote-unquote cool or underground or uh, he's not even on a major label anymore. He's independent. And he also, uh, if you kind of follow his career, and I've seen him every tour. He's come to L.A. since I moved here and seen him in a bunch of New Jersey too. But now now he does this thing where he rents a, um, he rents a Ford um, truck and goes with a couple of like people that he tours with and just drives around to the different shows. Oh, uh, like it's totally like uh, do it yourself now at this point of his career. And you would say, oh, that sounds kind of sad. No, and no, it's kind of like he's he's just like a troubadour traveling around the country. He's, he's just making it work in, uh, in an SUV. And he put out an album this year uh, mm. called Care- Caretakers. And just like every album he's put out, it's just really good kind of um, especially if you grew up in the Northeast and. Um, it, it just feels like that good, like comfortable, like warm sweater, Bruce Springsteen with like a twist of some of that, like um, the cure and the Smiths. Like he really has found this groove and he's just been sitting in it for years, putting out music that I love. So this album caretakers has a lot of choices, but I went with, I want to be the one, which is track two on the album. So let's listen to it. pick a lot of good songs in this album i had um on my extended uh playlist i had calm down yep that was the other one i would have gone with yeah that was that's the opening track and yeah it's just i think there's something to be said for a guy that uh you know when he came out and we did that album early on the in the run of this podcast 
Music for the Morning After, which is one of my very favorite albums released by anyone ever, uh, that he was like a golden boy and seemed like the next big thing, and it never quite took off. And you think a guy like that, well, that means he didn't really have it and it just didn't work. Well, maybe he didn't know how to write top 10 singles, but who knows what that even means now? How would you even, if it even was, would it get played on the radio or what is the radio? So all that stuff, forget about that. Is he still writing good songs? And Pete Yorn, every three years it comes out with an album of songs that I love. Yeah. That's great. And we're going to see him. Now you're back in the Pete Yorn well, uh, live game. I wow. did the thing I do every every couple of years, where I tell you there's after every time I see Pete Yorn live, I say great show, that was wonderful. I'm done. That was probably the last time I'm going to see him. I don't need to see him again. This has happened three or four times. Now. Yeah, and then he's gone for a little bit. Then he announces a tour, and uh, I kind of want to see Pete Yorn again. Back so in. I'm back in. Although you did miss the last one. I went and saw him at the Troubadour. Well, he was doing the move where it was just him and the guitar. That's it. And I've seen that already. I don't yes. need to see that. We're done with that. But now he's, he's doing with the that. live band. He's doing the whole the band. band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. I want to be the one. Pete, you're on check out Caretakers. Uh, Bob. All right. So if you listen to this podcast on the reg, do kids still say on the reg? Yes, all the time. Okay, good. They actually can't stop saying you're it's the, a problem. You're the youngest person I know. So anything you say, <laughs> That's I believe. <bad. laughs> That's really, are you counting your sons? Uh, if you listen to this podcast on the reg, you knew that this band was. We're on the reg, am I right? No, you're not right. Oh. You knew that this song was going to come up. Who am I, by the way? Oh, it's, it's my knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till you drown in a weird car accident. <laughs> you're in there with me. No, I'm getting out though. I'm I'm Jeremy Strong. <laughs> uh, well, maybe. All right, it had to happen. Probably not. Though. My favorite band of all time. Okay. Number one. The best band ever. Is this your dad band? This is Inhaler. Whoa! Oh, I'm so excited right now, Bob. This is Bono's kids band. No, this is uh, kids band, and then he gets. I guess he has a dad. I guess his dad makes music too. But this is the music that matters. Okay, here we go. God. I can hear it. It's on you. And what else can I do? You say that you're not around. And you don't want to be found. Well, I want to be the best at what I do. Oh, what about you? What about you? Play me like a Bobby's doing some Bono gesticulation. <laughs> pretty good. I've seen you do this so many times. I like that a lot. It won't always be like this <laughs> by Inhaler. Inhaler. I don't know if I love the uh, the name of the band, but I was I was told by someone very close to dad's band that i believe he's he's got asthma i think that's the connection i think that's why they're called inhaler yeah i mean i guess you know my favorite band you're he's asthmatic bob you're kind of out of touch so like my favorite band like his dad is your favorite band so that makes sense <laughs> that's right but um you are yeah. you're like the voice of a new generation <laughs> so, whenever i think of you bob Castron. 
I mean, obvious, for many reasons, I love the fact that I like this. And That's why not, you drink Pepsi exclusively. <laughs> Crystal Pepsi. I still like. Why does Bob drink so much Pepsi? Doesn't he know that's bad for him? Well, he he thinks it makes him look young. He's drinking twenty-five-year-old Crystal Pepsi. That's such a bad idea. Oh man. Yeah, it's a really good song. It's good. They've. I don't think they have an album. They put out like five or six songs this year, and they're all really good. Well, they came here because we we did discuss the idea of seeing Inhaler live. They were playing with somebody else. Yeah, and we missed it. Um, But next time, when I saw his dad's band. Uh, at the forum a few years back, it was pointed out to me that there he was, Inhaler. We'll just call him Inhaler because I don't know uh, what his na- actual name is. Um, he was there on a platform, just like bobbing his head. I would have been so I would have been so starstruck. I would have <laughs> asked his dad, like, "Oh my God, can you take a picture of me and Inhaler?" Now, does he go with like the? Does he come up with the name, like the one word name? He probably should. I feel like he should do that. Yeah. How does he like? How do you go about that? Like, can we help him? Because does he go by Houston? Is we should figure this out. I don't know. I, I mean, well, we're I down their, this wormhole. I am their biggest fan. Do you so think they? Like, all right, here's a good question. Does Inhaler have a Wikipedia page? No. <laughs> I'm guessing no. All right, I did get a lot of uh, asthma-related things. Just I should have. Fun fact: Dan's computer only goes to Wikipedia. <laughs> like it has no other purpose. He's like. Like an old lady with like a Chromebook that only has one website. All right. He's, oh, wow. It's uh, Eli. I remember that. Elijah Houston. I bet they had the best band equipment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Four piece band. Oh, here we go. Uh, They've each chosen their weapon with Robert Keating on bass, Ryan McMahon on drums, Josh Jenkinson on lead, and Elijah Houston on vocals and rhythm. Just like his dad. All right. Like he his, needs to come up with a nickname. Like his dad, but better. No, or he doesn't because that would be stupid. No, it's not. It's awesome. You know, that's what this world needs. It needs more like people with stupid one word names. I mean, I feel we don't like, have that anymore. Let's not sully how good that song is by talking about you too. That's a really good song. <laughs> it is. It has it, it. It's almost like. It was a little Phantom Planety, a little Rooney, a little 80s. I don't know. There's just uh, I love the sound. All right. uh, Next up, I'll go pretty far away from uh, the world of Inhaler in Dublin. And let's move uh, to the realm of kind of hip hop, but hip hop adjacent. This guy, um, Post Malone, who's like I'm way into. I don't know how it happened. I can tell you how it happened. Uh, I took my parents last super bowl they came to atlanta for the game and i wanted to take them to one of the mm-hmm. super bowl weekend shows uh, aerosmith was playing i was like oh that makes sense and uh, we went to the arena and there was opening for aerosmith post malone and i listened to the su- set and i was like shit this guy's good and this is when you and your dad got matching neck tattoos <laughs> so it makes sense <laughs> that is the thing by the way i've noticed um before we get to this song remember when Beastie Boys and Eminem, they were able to get street cred in the hip-hop world. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the trail they blazed, especially Eminem, and Vanilla Ice kind of put these put it on blast that some of these guys aren't legit. Mm-hmm. The move now, if you're a white rapper, is just get as many tattoos as possible. That's it. Especially on the face. Yeah, that really shows that you're serious. If you go fucking crazy with your face tattoos, people will view you as kind of legit. Yeah. Uh, think about that a Maybe little bit. Maybe that's what our podcast needs. 
What? Face tats. <laughs> anyway, what I like about Post Malone is that you can't really put him in a box. He has all sorts of different musical stylings and genres. This is Circles, a single that came out like this fall, which would have been a great summer song, but it never happened. Here we go. Let's listen. Circles by Post Malone. You know that one, Bob? I do know this one. We both have uh, young sons. Yes. Who uh, enjoy music. Mm-hmm. Post Malone falls into that category of music where I like it. My son, Dean, will listen to it. And it's uh, it's good. This is like easy to listen to. Both of our kids love the uh, the Imagine Dragons we, we discovered. Yes. Like we are going to end up. They're in the an, biggest rock band in America. We are going to end up at an Imagine Dragons concert in the next three years. Like you know that that that's happening. And we're going to like fourteen other songs. They have it's a, happening way more good songs than I thought they would. That once the, you kind of put the cool of like I know what's good aside, and right. you're just listening to music with your kid. They do it. They have right. like they have like a lot of good songs. That had already happened to me. Speaking of like going to Super Bowl parties. They played a Super Bowl party I went to two years ago, <laughs> and my brother was with me, and we were like, oh, that's a good song. Oh, that's a good yeah. song. That's a good song. And I think Post Malone has done the same thing, where he's kind of like ratcheted up enough good songs where I'm like, all right, I respect and like this guy now. You got to watch out, though, because um, if you're not paying attention, some of his song- songs do skew adult, right. both in tone, language, subject matter. I mean, Dean's eight. He could handle it. That's, you know. <laughs> but this song I love. It's just like a great mainstream yeah, it's a really like, good crossover song. pop song. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you want to be like go next level uh, in hip hop and crossover, you need some of those singles on your album. He's smart. He gets it. You know, we don't brag about enough. You know, like people are like, oh, listen to these two uh, out of touch old dudes listening to music. Uh, the world needs to know that we discovered Marshmallow first. We did. We, 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 le- we legitimately did by accident. By accident, yes. The um, the DJ who, you know, he's known for the, the helmet or whatever the fuck it is. It's like a mask of a giant marshmallow. Yeah. And like a few years ago in Vegas, we ended up just running into him several times while he was doing shows. And we were plugged in. It's like, this guy fucking, he's great. Yeah. We got into like, I think we kind of lied our way into a club. Right. And ended up in like the front row as this unknown dude with a dumb marshmallow on his head. I mean, he wasn't music. unknown. Maybe that's where building but, no, up no, the story a little bit. He wasn't this huge producer. But he was headlining time. in these different clubs, but he wasn't one of the top draws right. in the game. Now he's like a huge pop star. So I think we get Marshmallow. I think we broke Marshmallow. 
is what I'm getting at. We roasted marshmallow. Nicely done. So speaking of the Imagine Dragons, uh, every year. I don't know about. I don't know about um, Apple Music, your uh, second tier streaming service, but Spotify. According to the data. Spotify puts a lot of effort into the year end. This was your year. Desperate. It's amazing. It's like a great curation of Sloppy and desperate. You've listened to. It's so (laughs) nicely done. They really put some effort into it. And in fact, Dan, Mm. uh, people have been hitting us up on Twitter and the subreddit. Show, sharing their number one songs with us. Mm-hmm. We have had a negative influence on a lot of people's lives. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, we had a guy uh, tweeted us that his number one song in 2019 was Santa Monica by Everclear. Oh, that's a song, not bad. A song that he had never known before until now. Well, that makes sense. Us. He fell in love with it. How uh, could you not? Kleine over in uh, Australia, mm-hmm. our old uh, top tier Patreone. His number one song in 2019 Ants Marching by Dave Matthews. Oh, no. We got to take a hit on that one. That was us. That can't happen. By the way, number two song? Yeah. Satellite. Oh, well, all right. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll pound the table for that one. Did uh, like the Sleep Sex Mix make anybody's <laughs> top song of the year? We have to devote an episode to that. Uh, <laughs> and finally, we got uh, somebody on the subreddit whose number one uh, most listened to artist in 2019 was Matchbox 20. And they informed us that... Uh, they had never even heard of Matchbox 20 until our episode. Wow. So we really are fucking up people's lives. Thanks the, to this the power that we have, Bob. <laughs> the um, power that we have. So sharing a Spotify with... Uh, Any Semisonic uh, no, listeners? not happening. <laughs> or Robbie Williams. Not happening. It's not happening. So sharing a Spotify with the family, my most listened to songs were legitimately four Imagine Dragon songs. Puff the Magic Dragon. And what? then... Oh, my God. And then Daddy's first song for the most listened to in 2019. Ooh, okay. Was this one. This guy leads on algorithms to tell him what he likes. We don't do that at Apple. Since I haven't mm. talked to you, I dream about your baby blues and wonder why. Great, Bob. Fucking also on my list, this song. This one. This was See, the choice. I would have thought you would have gone with Red Bull and Hennessy. I liked Red Bull which and Hennessy. Which is an amazing single. Which was a yes, a very good single and yeah, I guess more immediate um, and a, just a good like rock song. But uh, I think this is the best song. I like the the lyrics of it. I love the album cover. Uh, <laughs> the album cover. Album cover of the year. Clearly, <laughs> the decade. The decade. Honestly, yeah. Um. Yeah, I love Jenny Lewis. She's so great. This, she's been doing it as well. She's in that Pete Yorn 
club yeah. where it's like, you know, whether people are paying attention to her or not, she has never stopped making good albums. Yeah. And this song, Ringo Starr playing drums. Just a little fun fact. Yes. Song. And I believe um, one of the Heartbreakers is on this as well. Ben Montesh, I believe. Ben Montesh, yeah. yes. I think he's on the uh, organ or the keyboards on this song. And you could hear it. I just love the reason I love um, this is a really good album. This would be in the consideration for album of the year, too, actually. For sure. And yeah, what I love about the song is it just like it's just setting this mood and telling a story. It's very like, I don't know, Fleetwood Mac. I don't even know. Like, it's very like, California. It's, it's very, very like, California. This and That type of easy like campfire type music. From first listen, I was like, this is one of my favorite songs of the year. And I texted when the first time I listened to the song, I texted you and our friend Nikki Glazer, And uh, we started texting about Jenny Lewis. And I pulled up uh, the text that I sent after just like listening to the song on repeat six times. I love any song where I can imagine going on a romantic mess of an adventure with her. And we both know it's a bad idea. And she cheats on me and leaves me shattered. And it takes years before I could hear her name again without shuddering and wishing I never met her. But at the same time, I know full well. I will never be more alive than in those moments when we were together. I like those songs. Yeah, that's, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is smoking Marlboro cigarettes. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah, she's she so She really good. paints a picture in this song. I, she kind of uh, took things up a notch on this album. I liked the previous album, but it didn't like set me on fire because uh, this is kind of like a uh, two-part album over the last three years. Um, but this album, it's my favorite stuff since... Uh, Rilo Kylie and the album cover. That album cover. Oh my <laughs> god! Uh, all right, let's see. Last year, Bob, my favorite song of 2018 uh, was by a young man named Sam Fender, "Hypersonic Missiles." Uh, one of my very favorite uh, songs. Wait, that wasn't last year. That was like eight months ago. It was 2018 because it was in that episode. No, I think you played it. We did a little check-in midway through this year. About what we were listening to. Really? That's when you broke out Sam Fender. Interesting. It's a newer love story, yeah. Are you sure? I'm quite positive. Wow. Well, I love hypersonic missiles, but since I've already gone down this road, I'm going to play a different Sam Fender song. Uh, and he, again, it's hard to like figure this out. I think he is a insanely uh, talented a young guy in the rise. Uh, we saw him at the Troubadour a couple of months ago. Uh, but I don't even know like a path to break into the American market right now for a like a, a singer songwriter rock guy. He's got to like duet with Lizzo. That's the <laughs> like, only way. That's do? the only way. That's it. Or date Taylor Swift or something. I mean, he has to figure out. Make a sex tape with Lizzo. <laughs> That I think we should do that. I would love <laughs> to see them together. Anyway, so Hypersonic Missiles um, is, I think, it's just a great, great Bruce Springsteen meets the Killers rock song. But the second single off the album uh, is called Will We Talk? And I love, love, love this song as well. So let's listen to Sam Fender.
Hear you, Glockenspiel. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was a fun concert. Yes, and it, it was cool seeing um, a young artist who's playing his first ever show in LA. He's from England, and everybody in the band—they look like kids. They look like a bunch of eighteen-year-olds. Uh, I know he's a little older than that, but they just seem to be playing their balls off because they knew the history of the troubadour and what it like a, a cool experience and uh, first time ever. So it was, it was fun to be at a show like that um, and see him in that intimate type venue. Yeah. I don't know if, if Sam Fender has a, a pathway into building a career uh, over here, uh, but uh, he's a guy that I'm going to continue to follow regardless. He could be the new Pete Yorn. Maybe, maybe baby. Yeah. He was sick at that concert too. And he really like was putting it all into it, but he felt like shit. I feel like he needs, yeah, he, he's going to, the next album, they're going to get a stylist to him and dress him up a little bit, put they're him gonna, in a cool yeah, leather jacket. Totally. He was he's a little sloppy in his dressing and everything. Like His hair wasn't styled at all. I think there's something there, Bob. He's an unpolished gem is the way I see young Sam Fender. You just want to like take him and groom him like a certain saxoph- him, saxophone player from the Dave Matthews <laughs> Band. <laughs> what was the famous line? Uh, what was it again, Matt? There were too many famous there lines. So many. He's like, you're you're a hot boy or something. Just mid jerk right now. <laughs> Just kidding. Mid jerk, man. That's something that needs to catch on. Forget about Sam Fender. More people have to be open about being mid jerk with their man gash. <laughs> hey, man. Just mid jerk. <clears throat> All right, Bob. Uh, we got a couple more, right? Yeah, let's do a couple more. Yeah, let's do a couple more. I have so I have one repeat from last year. Uh, you know, the couple. Uh, the artist is back. The artist is back. There were a couple. I thought about uh, Ezra Furman, who was there last year. He put in an album this year I really liked. But I was like, you know what? I don't want to go back to Ezra Furman. However, okay. this song is undeniable. The band is one of my faves. And it's the best Strokes song of 2019. Mm. Filter melts and the words just slip. Don't know what I'm saying, 
like the, it. The Regrets. Yes, you love The Back Regrets. In 2019, I Dare You, off their new album, How Do You Love. And this song, in the songwriting credits, co-written by Julian Casablancas. Now, is that just a uh, kind of a loving nod or something that he actually worked with her on? I don't know if this is a sample because it does sound so strokesy that they could have very easily have just taken this. Or if he helped write this song. I have no idea. Famously, uh, the Strokes approached Tom Petty, uh, you know, after they wrote Last Night. And somehow they got it to him to listen to it, to talk about the idea if they owed him a songwriting credit for American Girl, which Petty said, no, it's cool. I like the song. Don't worry about it because Tom Petty was the best. Um, I wonder if it was a situation like that, like they preemptively gave him a songwriting credit. Yeah, I have no idea, but it sounds like a stroke song by the regrets. It's good. It's so good. Listen to this part. Come on and jump while I dare you. Come on and jump while I dare you. Is it someday? Is that the song that I'm yeah. hearing? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they lifted the the chord progression. I think so. I mean, I don't know if they lifted it or if he was just like, here's something similar to someday. I have no clue. We gotta Somebody should do some research on that. I feel like that would be you. That would have been me. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't do it, though. I don't know if the do the regret. Oh, here's another question. Do the regrets have a Wikipedia page? I think so. It's, big, it's a big test for them. The regrets. Um, also something you could write. Bob. Yeah. How Do I Love is a really good album. It's uh, the lead singer, Lydia. You uh, She got a boyfriend this year. So it's like her I Fell in Love album. <laughs> she got a boyfriend. This well, year. you could tell every song is about. It's just something way, but that is funny. Every song she is about. Got a boyfriend. She got a boyfriend. <laughs> every song is about this guy. So she uh, got a boyfriend. I think that they're super talented and she's a great songwriter. So Are I can't, you upset that she got a boyfriend? No, I can't wait till they break up, though, because I'm sure her breakup album is going to be awesome, too. Mm. So you're rooting for her to have a kind of a personal setback? Yeah, she's like 19. I don't want her to marry this guy. Come on. <laughs> you seem attached, Bob. <laughs> she makes great music. Um, all right. Uh, I have two more songs. One is from a band that's been a longtime favorite band of mine uh, that put out an album last month that was a little, I don't know, man. It's, it's uh, ambitious and it's worldly. Uh, I'll give them that. Uh, but a little scattershot. It's Coldplay. And this song was the first song I heard from the album, and I, it kind of got me excited because it was different and a little bit weird, and it re- reminded me of my, maybe my favorite Coldplay album, Viva La Vida, uh, in its sound and general vibe. It's called Arabesque. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's got to be Arabesque. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and here it is off their album Everyday Life. Here it is. Arabesque. You, uh, you read any good books this year, 2019? <laughs> any good books in 2019? I read the um, I read the book. I read a book. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, you didn't read any books, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Bourdain, Kitchen Confidential, I read. Oh, wow. Really good. Oh, this song. 
Uh, so what I like about this song is that one of the issues I have with their new album is that it too often it sounds like a, a Chris Martin solo album. And sometimes Chris Martin in 2019 sounds like a very rich, somewhat bored uh, 42-year-old rock star that lives in Malibu. Mm-hmm. Um, who's very passionate about certain causes and... and um, and is just kind of singing about things that interest him at this stage in his multimillionaire life. Right. But this song, and the reason I like it is this sounds like it's the band Coldplay together, uh, putting out something different and, uh, interesting, uh, which you don't hear all, all the way through on everyday life. And they do go for, as I was saying, like a worldly type sound. There's a lot of different musicians from all around the world that they put into this album. And this is the song where I think comes closest to what they were going for. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Listen, listen. I like it. Yeah, I don't mind. It's cool. I don't love the album. We, we, you and I have talked about this. I don't love the album. I don't think it's an album I'm going to go back to very often in my life. But I'm, I like, I kind of like the song. That actually segs in nicely, Bob, to a question I have for you. What was the biggest disappointment of 2019? So many. Oh, you mean musically? Well, let's start personally. Personally, yeah. Oh my God. How many how many hours do we have? <laughs> no, the biggest disappointment, you know, whether it's a movie or a TV show or an album or a song or well, I'll go I'll go musically. Um I think there were a lot of albums that just didn't hit the mark this year that I was like excited about or looking forward to. Coldplay definitely falls. Yeah, but you haven't really been into Coldplay for several years now, so I keep wanting them to write the ship. Like I'll always be a fan. You sent me these categories. Did you not prepare for your own category here? I forgot what I was going to say. It's late in the night. I forgot what I was going to say. So many, so many disappointments. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going through my, I'm going through my list here from uh, just the albums from this year. Kanye, obviously a huge disappointment, but what could you expect at this point? Yeah, that was, that was um, my pick. The, I mean, that guy was one of my favorite artists ever and the, uh, I couldn't even get through his last album. The new Wilco album, couple of good songs, but nothing to write home about. Yeah, but that's been the case for a while though, right? Um, Liam Gallagher's album is fun. I don't even know if you can call it a disappointment because it is good at times, but it's not something that yeah. you need in life. No, <laughs> you certainly probably don't need to. He, he's also going like the um, Aerosmith go with hired gun songwriters to build out his albums, which is, you know, a little weird. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob. Uh, good answer. Got a couple. <laughs> you know what? Here's, the the Kanye one. It's tough to me because yes, he's been trending downward right. for several years now, and he's gotten really strange, and he's got the Trump stuff cooking. Um, but to see him kind of get to the point where he's lost all touch, and that's fine. He's religious, and he's always been religious, but he's now you know doing these church services on the hill and. Does a, a, I think he, he calls it like a gospel album, which, again, that's fine if you want to do that stuff. But that's not the guy that everyone fell in love with. Right. The guy everybody fell in love with with Kanye was that he took those elements of God and his, his religious beliefs and was able to, like, like, in a genius way, like, put it into the hip-hop world and make this original sound. Now it's just this guy that seems to be a little... Speaking of multimillionaires, but this one's in Calabasas. Right. Fair. That's my disappointment. I, I put some thought into it. Art Remembered Al- what I wanted to say. 
Art Alexakis had a solo album that just didn't reach uh, the heights that you would have hoped this yeah. year. Yeah. I think it was a disappointment when his bandmates thought he was going to pull out a 100 out of his pocket and said it was a crumpled up 20. And, and at the airport, they had to settle for like, not even, they couldn't even get the sandwich. This is all hearsay. This they had to get like the little packet of like trail mix. All right. I got two songs left. And this, uh, my second to last song, I'm not even going to tell. This is legitimately one of the my 10 favorite songs of the year. I'm not going to even tell you who it is. Okay. Just listen to this. Inhaler. What is happening, man? I already know it's one of two people. Chorus. Wait, this is really one of your picks? I'm not saying I'm not saying who's singing it. <laughs> is it Sean Mendez? No. God no. Way less respected than Sean Mendez. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Rob Thomas? Nope. Listen to this part. It's not Robbie Williams. No. I don't know who. Doesn't matter. (laughs) All of my life. (laughs) Miracle Pill. One of my top 10 songs of the year. Not saying who it is. Just enjoy it. It's a good song. I'm not like really enjoying it. What's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with this song. No, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying I hate it, but I, you know, I don't like like it. But I see, you know, I see it. I see you. I mean, this better pay off. This better be someone very interesting. <laughs> All right, who is it, Bob? Not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> You you overrate how much I care. No, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm just happy I played that. Uh, it's like when that. Uh, remember, like many. It was years, like Billy Joel's son or something. Remember, many years ago, uh, some radio station was doing like the Battle of the Bands every night, and they started playing a Hanson song, and Hanson was winning every night. Mm-hmm. And but they would never say it was Hanson <laughs> because like they knew that the people wouldn't vote for it. Right. And then when they said it was Hanson, everybody was like, "Oh, that sucks." But like, no, Hanson put out. A good song. It's like that. Okay. That, that's a really good song. What? Who are you protecting right now? <laughs> <laughs> Just a friend of mine from Buffalo, New York. It's a friend of yours? No. Oh, it's Johnny Resnick. Yep. He's doing a solo project? <laughs> no, it's the entire band. Oh, those are the, the goose? That was the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Is that Josh Allen? <laughs> <laughs> it was Josh Allen and the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, wow, that is shit. No, it wasn't. Well, now that you say who it is. It's worse now that you know who it is. I mean, here's the, th- here's Better, the thing. Guess honestly. what? Guess what? Better than your shitty Hozier song. <laughs> That's not true. In a vacuum, Bob, it's not the worst song in the world. But when you tell me it's a bunch of like 55-year-old. It's worse. Like rock guys. Yeah. 
Um, it's worse now. That's bad. What are they doing? Like, what are they doing as a band? They're, they're trying making, to get on the radio? Making a great song, and now we're just, you know, I ruined it by saying who it was. <laughs> How did you even find that? How did that they, get on your radar? It wasn't know. on the radio. It's the same. I think I sent it to you guys uh, the day it came out, because on Spotify, whenever it's like any sort of band in that genre, like live, whenever they put out new music. you'll be the light. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's a great song. I don't care. I mean, Johnny, I mean, come on, man. Still doing it. <laughs> All right. Um, my last song, because it is my album of the year, is uh, Lover by Taylor Swift. Because I love, I love big artists and big stakes and everybody like being totally plugged in and scrutinizing an artist and that artist rising above the bullshit. Once upon a time, Kanye West could do that. Mm-hmm. He was the best at it. He was a guy that every three years or so would come out with this album. There would be a ton of hype around it, and there would be just an idea that there's no way he will top what he put out last. And then he'd come up with another genius album. Taylor Swift, who I kind of view as the current day kind of Bruce Springsteen, uh, that she's just such a huge popular artist, but she's also... um, she could be viewed by some people as this product, but she's legitimate and she writes her own songs and she, you know, she tours and sells out stadiums. There's like really nobody else that's doing what she's doing. Uh, she's not even 30 years old. And I thought after the last album that she did reputation, which kind of got killed a little bit, although it had some bangers on it. Uh, this album lover is just filled with great songs. And you played, um, the song lover earlier and I'm going to take a stab at one of the biggest hits of 2020. I don't even know if she's released it as a single yet. Um, but it's a little bit of a change of pace for her, and she absolutely kills it. It's a song called uh, Paper Rings. So we will uh, listen to that now. The moon is high like your friends were the night that we first met. Went home and tried to stalk you on the internet. Now I've read all of the books beside your bed. It's gonna be alright Three times Cause I waited my whole life Love it. It's a great upbeat pop song with it, but it's different. It's nothing she's really done before. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's tough to pick on this album. I almost went with The Man, which is another good song. I like The Man a lot. Yeah. There's yeah, there it's it's filled there's too many songs on it. It it definitely fails my uh 13 tracks max uh rule, but listen, I guess she gets I guess she gets to decide that, not me. And nothing tells you that Taylor Swift is over than the two guys on this podcast putting multiple Taylor Swift songs <laughs> on their year-end playlist. She really did. And we're going to do the um, best of the decade podcast to end our year. Um, she, I think, 
because she closed strong beats Kanye. I think she was the biggest artist of the decade. Yeah, I would agree with that. It was neck and neck for a while there, but I think she she takes it. All right, Bob. Close it out. But what is your album of the year, Bob? Um, you know, I think I would go with the Jesse Mallon album that I've listened to probably more than the others. That and the Jenny Lewis album were probably my two. I, I thought you would say Jenny Lewis. Those are yes. the two. Yeah, those are the two I enjoyed the most this year. The EP by Sports Team is um, up there. A lot of Lizzo in my house. Heather loves Lizzo, so we've listened to a lot <laughs> Emily of Lizzo. Emily loves Lizzo as well. She, Nothing not to love. She connects it's, with the moms a lot. But I yeah. don't know. I almost put her on my uh, playlist, too, because it's uh, she's really good. I think she's a lot of fun. But um, my yeah, list, she is. What does that mean? Have you fucked Lizzo? <laughs> a couple times. Give her to Sam Fender so we can help his career. <laughs> we got to get Sam Fender Lizzo for a relationship, and then we just got to get him a stylist, and he'll be the biggest star <laughs> in the world. So I wasn't as uh, I didn't put as much forethought into my order as you did. So I didn't save my like album of the year song or uh, best song till the end. Well done. But I picked a song from a band that uh, they've been putting out some of my favorite music for almost 20 years now. They put out an album this year that I really liked. They're the Hold Steady. And the song is Entitlement Crew. Landing. Sorry about the centerpiece. Thanks for understanding. Forgot about this guy's voice. Salesman, hard branding, Kapari commissions. I was sitting in the kitchen trying to guess where she was living now. Hotel room in Houston with the shades against the sunshine. Or maybe still in Scranton like it's 1999. When I saw her rolling through with the entitlement crew. I wasn't all that into it, but there was nothing I could do about it. Now here's the church, here's the steeple I like the party favors, but I hate the party people Got distracted by the chorus when the kids all sang along I'll bring it back up. I just love listening to Craig Finn tell stories. It's my favorite thing. Yes, I love. he has a very expressive vocal. And he's been spreading himself thin. He puts out solo albums all the time and holds steady albums, but this album has a couple of real bangers, and I really love this song. It kind of does what they do best. I always think of the... MVP 2005 on uh, PS2 and they had uh, one of their hits on it. They're just a fun band. I saw them live, God, like 12 years ago, 15 years ago now. Would love to see them again. They just like put on a good show. They're a rock band from Minneapolis. I like how there's this pocket of Minneapolis rock bands. Yeah. And they're all good. Yeah. You know, every like five years or so, there's a Minneapolis rock band. You know who else from Minneapolis? Dan Wilson. (laughs) Semisonic. Bring it back. (laughs) Uh, All right, Bob. We should... um, but we got to pick one for the throwback playlist. We have two options, I would think, logically. Okay. Because uh, where we had crossover, right? That would be logical, yeah. We have the Taylor Swift song, Lover, and we have the Jenny Lewis song. Um, well, we Head's going to roll. 
we had different Taylor Swift songs. I almost, I had. But I, Lover was my original ooh, choice. I had Haim in my top 10 list that I bumped them out when you played them. So Haim is also an option. Yep. And I, you know, I all, was. All female singer songwriters. I almost had Sam Fender. Uh, Dead Boys was right outside my Love top 10. Love Dead Boys. Oh man, I'm tired. You're tired. So, uh, or we have. This is my fourth podcast of the day. That's ridiculous. <laughs> there's no, by the way, down. there's nothing more 2019 than that statement. <laughs> Great way to close out the year. Four podcasts in one day. Uh, you pick, Bob. No, I don't want to pick. I mean, we also have inhaler. I'm just throwing that out there too. Um, it's a lot of Houston on the playlist. Maybe some some might say too much. Um. All right. Let's, uh, Jenny Lewis. Do we want to bring Jenny back? We have. It's true, uh, she's on there already. She's already on there. Do we have Taylor on there yet? No, we don't have Taylor Swift on there. Why don't we throw Taylor a bone? Lover? Lover. Let's do Lover. All right. How about go. that? Beautiful. Beautiful. Look, look at us. Look at us. We did it. And look what else, Bob, we did. We did another year of throwback to the future. Who would have ever thought? Not me. Not me. Holy shit. We're going to keep this going into our mid to late 40s. (laughs) All right. So check it out. Lover by Taylor Swift is the latest edition. What was this song of 2018? It was the 1975. I love it if we made it. Yes. Yes. That's a great song. Uh, All right. So that is the latest edition. Um, Like we said, a little later this month, we will do the best of the 2010s. Same type of deal. We'll both come up with our lists. And share them with you. And maybe there'll be another episode in between there. I think there might be. With a guest. Yeah. Oh, we got the whole thing laid out. Yeah, we're damn near ending the end of the year, so we might have to... Uh, I don't know. We'll see what we do. We'll see what happens. But all right. it's hey, all happening. It's all happening. Uh, yes. Follow us on Twitter, ThrowbackPod. On Instagram, ThrowbackPod. Uh, hit us up on email, uh, thethrowbackpod at gmail.com. We got the subreddit. Yeah, we do. Thank you. Getting some pop. Introduce me to sports team. Listen to sports team. They're so good. Listen to sports team. uh, But do not listen to Goo Goo Dolls. And if you do, go fuck yourself.